0: Hi, I'm Sam Hawley. This is ABC News Daily. Six months ago this week, the world was shocked as Vladimir Putin waged his war on Ukraine. As the first explosions rang out around the country, we spoke to Ukrainian resident Olga Polotska as she hid in her Kiev flat and to former Russia resident and expert Samuel Green about how the unimaginable had become a reality. Today, we catch up with them again. Olga. The last time we spoke was six months ago. Okay, Olga, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly. Oh, perfectly. I just want to take you back to that moment when the war broke out. We talked to you and you were hearing explosions near your home in Kyiv.
1: Oh, well, you know, we haven't been sleeping all night, so, well, there's no difference between morning and evening. Mm. Um, it all seems to be surreal, I would say. I don't know how I am. We're still alive, but just something is uh, happening and we can definitely hear that. What are you hearing? Uh, Explosions. How close are they to you? Uh, They seem to be quite
0: far, but
1: quite powerful.
0: Can you remember that, how you felt back then? (laughs)
1: Yes, yeah, certainly, I do remember that. I think that the, the, these memories are going to stay uh, with me forever. And actually, the physical reaction to any loud sound at the moment is that uh, all of us just immediately jump up, uh, even if something, you know, falls down on the floor in the kitchen, so, Well, which, which is uh, weird, but this is our reality. Yeah, I remember everything
0: very well. When I spoke to you in those very early hours of the war, it was it was truly awful. You were incredibly scared, of course, and you had a real sense at that time of the power of the Russians. You just felt then that they would destroy because everything. The, the, the enemy is too powerful and they can easily destroy everything mm. and uh, they will not stop. Are you surprised by how this war has gone?
1: Uh, Well, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, luckily, I would say, a great specialist in uh, how wars uh, should normally develop, uh, well, I know that because I communicate to uh, well foreign colleagues a lot, I know that they are uh, surprised uh, by the way just well the the, the war is going. Mm-hmm. For me personally, it's not surprising really. Had never ever uh, had any doubts about uh, the fact that Ukrainians are going to fight fight uh, with with just well well all the the strength and power and decisiveness.
0: And Olga, what is every day like for you now?
1: Well, that's an interesting question, and <laughs> which seems quite normal in normal life. But just, well, uh, uh, sometimes I personally uh, get, I would say, paralyzed uh, as soon as I read about a new explosion and uh, uh, new murdered civilians uh, in Kharkiv, for example. Well, and that happens every day. But uh, again, we have to move on. We have to keep working. It's 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 difficult understanding that literally now your friends, acquaintances, your ex-colleagues, uh, well, might be murdered. And uh, well, uh, you know, well, the the recent days have been very very nervous. Uh, people are d- discussing. So well. Um, the aggravation of uh, the uh, hostilities. Why is that? Yeah, it's because of the coming Independence Day of Ukraine, you know, just, while well, the, the uh, mentality of uh, people in, 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 in the Russian Federation. The, the coming in, uh, day of independence, uh, well, makes us all nervous.
0: And mm. Independence Day is also the day that marks six months since the start of the war Can you believe that this has been going for six months already?
1: Well, I do believe, I have to believe, because I have been uh, in it for those six months. I would say that uh, the main concern now, of course, is the uncertainty about how long that's going to last. Uh, The question is about what price we are going to pay for our victory and the thing is just well the the main priority is to be able to save as many lives of ukrainians
2: as possible so my name is sam green i'm professor of russian politics at king's college london and director of the democratic resilience program at the center for european policy analysis in washington
0: Sam Green, I spoke to you six months ago as the news that Russia had started this war was just breaking. As we go to air tonight, Ukraine is under full-scale Russian assault. Explosions and air raid sirens have been heard in several Ukrainian cities, including the capital Kiev. Vladimir Putin, he made this speech very early in the morning. Circumstances
2: require firm and immediate actions from us. Donbass's People's Republics asked for help from Russia. Our goal is the protection of people who for years have suffered from abuse and genocide from the Kiev regime.
0: And you really described this feeling of shock uh, that he'd actually done this.
2: I mean, I will admit I'm a bit shell-shocked. Um, this just didn't seem like, you know, what we or what I thought um, was going to happen, right? So now we have to go back and, and, and I guess rethink our, our, our models, but we also just have to wait and see what happens.
0: Can you remember how you felt then after listening to that speech from Vladimir Putin?
2: I mean, to be perfectly honest, I don't think I will ever forget it, and, and I don't think most of us in this line of work ever will. Mm. Most of us who study Russian politics, myself included, you know, looked at, at, at the calculations and it just didn't make sense. Uh, and with aims that that were about essentially, you know, occupying the entirety of the country and enforcing, you know, regime change. But he talked about demilitarization and denazification. You know, it was it was really, I think, a feeling of of fright.
0: And the shilling began almost immediately. Yeah. Just remember back to that, and what do you think he was trying to achieve in those early days, early weeks
2: of the war? Well, I think it really was early days more than early weeks that he was trying to achieve something. Mm. We we watched this unfold uh, and were, uh, you know, really, you know, very much on a, on an emotional uh, uh, roller coaster. I think that, that that we felt, and a lot of people felt, the fright of the initial days and the fear that that Kiev might fall quite quickly, and you know, the, the feeling of being aghast at the idea that Russia might achieve these aims that Putin was was talking about were replaced very quickly by uh, a sense that Russia, in fact, had gotten itself into quite a bit of trouble uh, and really, you know, a great deal of admiration uh, for the strength of, of the Ukrainian state, the strength of the Ukrainian military and, and the Ukrainian people admiration that holds to this day.
0: I want you to give us a sense now of where this war is up to because it's really hard, isn't it, to keep track of what's happening now. I mean, how much ground has Russia gained in Ukraine?
2: Russia controls, you know, uh, something around 20 to 25% of Ukrainian territory. Now, control is a slightly slippery word, right? So that that gets pushed and pulled. And there are Ukrainian, uh, uh, you know, partisans and other forces that are able to, to operate. We've seen uh, attacks on um, uh, Russian installations in in Crimea, territory that Russia has controlled since two thousand and fourteen, uh, just in uh, in in recent weeks, and so you know, I think we have to to be a little bit skeptical about you know where really the front lines are, right? Uh, but the reality is that we are uh, descending into uh, a war of of attrition, right? This is no longer. Uh, you know the, the kind of positional war that I think we were seeing in the in the early days when the question was, you know, is Kiev going to fall? Is Kharkiv going to fall? Is Odessa or other major cities going to to fall? This is it, it's it's becoming a lot less, in fact, about the territory that's controlled and a lot more about the the price that uh, can be exacted from uh, from R- Russia and the Russian economy and the the price that Russia can try to exact from. Uh, Ukraine and, and, and the Ukrainian e- economy you know, uh, by controlling the ports and the ability of, of Ukraine to, to to reach its its export markets um, through the Black Sea to, to disrupt the economy.
0: Mm, six months in, I mean, could we still see a further escalation in this war? We see that China is sending troops to Russia for training exercises. Vladimir Putin, he has threatened nuclear attack, attacks before. Could it get worse?
2: it can always get worse you know i think we have seen a lot of rhetoric uh, particularly from putin uh, around the nuclear issue and that really is designed i think to to make western governments and and, and western societies more than governments uh, uh, nervous but when i when i talk to people you know, people are uh, you know, reasonably confident that, that nuclear escalation is is not on the table until you know Russia feels uh, an existential threat to the to the Russian mainland. And, and you know, escalation can happen, right? But the worst thing that could happen would be an accidental escalation. That something happens that catches people off guard, and and somebody presses the wrong button.
0: What will it take for Vladimir Putin to claim victory, claim defeat, to to end this war? How much longer will this go
2: on? The question for Putin is, is one of regime security. It's at what point can he declare an end to this war that uh, will strengthen his grip on power at home rather than weaken it. And so I think you know, the, the calculation that he's going through at the moment, right, is when is enough enough? For him it's, it's very much an emotional calculation that he's going to have to make.
0: Samuel Green is a professor of Russian politics at King's College London and the director of the Democratic Resilience Program at the Centre for European Policy Analysis in Washington. The Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has warned Ukrainians to be vigilant ahead of Independence Day on the 24th of August. The celebration marks the 31st anniversary since the end of Soviet This episode was produced and mixed by Chris Dengate. Additional production by Sydney Pede and Flint Duxfield. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. Thanks for listening.